Power. Welcome to the Automated Accounting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Accounting Automation Podcast. Brian Hitclair and Heather Satterley here. Um, we are on a quest to eradicate data entry through accounting automation. We're both super geeky accountants that basically spend our time, our free time, like exploring accounting technology. And we get so excited about it that we have to spend also part of our week telling you guys all about all the cool stuff that we found. So just to introduce you in case you haven't met us, I'm Heather Satterley. And I'm Brian Clare. And I'm from the US and Brian's from Canada. So we're an international podcast, which is kind of cool. So let's, let's dive into it. So we're going to start off like we do every single week with our automation news. So this is not big news for our Canadian friends. You guys are going to be like, what? That is totally old news. But it is big news for our U.S. friends that are listening. Um, we now have, if you are a QuickBooks online user, we now are getting bank fetch in our bank feeds in QuickBooks, which is amazing. So where you're going to find that is it's going to be in the bank reconciliation window. And only a few banks that I have seen actually connect to this feature. So if you connect to the bank feeds and they are actually have enabled the fetch, then you're going to find those right in the reconciliation screen. But what's really cool about this, Brian, and tell me if it's the same in the Canadian version of QBO, is that I can now attach any bank statement to the bank rec in the bank reconciliation screen. So that's pretty awesome, especially for teams, right? Where you have your staff person or, you know, one of your team members is actually doing the bank rec and then you have somebody else that's actually reviewing the bank rec. Now you don't have to go to an, an external file to pull up the statement to compare it. So we as Geeky account, Accountants really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I believe that is also available in Canada. I know for well, sure that we have had the bank statement fetch for a little bit longer than the U.S. You have. We're a little, maybe we're a little more privy to the, the QBO features. Definitely not, because you guys have way more <laughs> features than we do. But, uh, we do. It, it is, it, it's helpful, definitely. I agree. Um, I think the big five banks are, are available for sure in Canada. Probably some other ones. I just don't mm. have any clients that use smaller banks. So I just have a handful of clients with this feature enabled. And unfortunately, most of my clients that haven't enabled, their banks are so small that they're not their banks aren't, aren't sending the, the, the statements over with the fetch feature. I, my clients that have big banks, none of them yet have this feature in their QuickBooks online company. So, you know, like any feature in QuickBooks, they roll it out right over, usually it's somewhere between like a, a two to, usually two to three months before everybody gets the feature. So hopefully everybody will have it and we'll, you know, and, and it's going to be fun, Brian, because what's going to happen is as people start to get it, you're going to see them like having celebrations on social media Oh, absolutely. So you'll, you'll see something on Facebook. It's like, oh, it's a big fetch. And then Look at this screen grab. I know, I know. It's <laughs> awesome. I know I do that all the time. Um, the other thing that isn't new, but also is kind of new, and maybe people don't know about it because it's kind of snuggled and hidden mm-hmm. in the banking center, is we now have receipt capture in QuickBooks Online. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, cool. it's, yeah it's very new. Uh, I think Canada got it maybe six months ago, maybe five months ago. So maybe we got it before you guys? Maybe? I don't know. We got it about six months ago. I think we may have gotten it around the same time. Okay. And that's pretty awesome, especially for clients like mine that tend to lose their receipts or they don't lose them. They leave them on their dashboard of their truck. Yep. Do you have clients like that that leave their of receipts course. on the dashboard of their truck and then it's just a piece of paper. 
it yeah. magically like transforms from a receipt to an, a blank piece of paper <laughs> that's completely useless to us. So the receipt capture is cool because they can just open up QuickBooks Online on their mobile device, snap a picture, and they're done. And then it doesn't matter if it gets sun bleached. Yeah, we, uh, we're a receipt bank firm. So we have a mm -hmm. receipt bank shout out here. We've stuck with them, even though the receipt capture is available in QBO, but uh, I can't really speak to how well it works. I know clients have asked me about it, but like I said, we're, we're a receipt bank firm. So uh, we like to stick with what we know works for sure. Not that we don't you know, dive into these new applications, of course, but yeah, that's, it is a neat feature. Definitely. Especially you can have kind of everything in QBO almost. Yeah, I mean, it's there's definitely you know room for improvement. They started with just giving us the expenses, so you could create an expense from the receipt capture. Yep. Um, now we can actually create a bill, so a vendor bill. So um, that's cool. They're called suppliers, right? Aren't they suppliers? In suppliers, yeah. Yeah, they're vendors for us. Uh, I use it interchangeably, honestly. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so it's it's good. One one thing I will say about it that I absolutely love, and I know Receipt Bank does this too is that if you, and maybe I think Receipt Bank does it, but I'm not sure, so you can tell me if it does. So if I accept the transaction through the bank feed and then I send the receipt in, what will happen is it will, when I add the receipt, it'll say it'll match it. So it'll match it. And if I add, the, if I add a transaction through the receipt capture feature, then it will match to my bank feed. So I don't have to worry about duplicate entries because yep. it's got that technology, no matter how you enter it, that eventually those, <laughs> they'll find each other. Yeah. They'll find each other and they'll become one. I love so. that feature in Receipt Bank. Uh, you don't have to actually worry about that duplicate entry. You just click a button and it attaches the attachment directly to the transaction that's already in QBO or zero. So That's awesome. So yes. it's the same, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you were tell you were talking to me about an uh, an app called Revolut. Yeah. Did I say that right? You did say that right. Okay. Yeah. About um, Revolut. Fintech company, you know, similar to Relay Relay Financial. It's another one that's uh, up and coming in. I want to say the U.S. Uh, I think I've been I've messaged Yosef, who's the uh, CEO of Relay, about coming to Canada, and I know a lot of Canadians have been asking the same question. But uh, yeah, these two kind of popped up. Different for, for banking, for sure. Kind of disrupting the, the banking industry for small businesses. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they come up in that world and, and see how they can actually help these small business owners make banking more efficient. Yeah, I mean, really what it's doing is it's intertwining the general ledger with the actual banking, the actual banking interface, right? So you can actually categorize the transactions and it speaks really, it's a, just a really deep integration with, with the accounting platform. Um, and so basically what these are, are, you know, they replace your bank. So you would go down to Bank of America or um, what is it, Royal, what is Royal Bank of Canada. Royal Bank of Canada. And you would open up a, a checking account for your bank. Well, you don't, instead of that, you would go onto the Relay website and you would sign up for basically a checking account with Relay and, um, yeah, and there you can you can initiate transactions, so like bill pay, yep. um, but it's very very tightly integrated with the accounting systems, which is pretty awesome. I think this will definitely disrupt the way we're doing things. I know one one nice thing for Relay was with all this PPP and uh, EIDL, and I know you guys have what is it the AR. What are yours? The acronyms for your oh your... CEWS is the the wage one. Yep. 
Yeah. So yeah. these loans, what because we have to track how the money's spent, what a lot of um, accounting professionals here in the U.S. are doing is they're opening a relay account for that for those loans. So they're transferring the money into these these accounts on relay, um, and then as they pay the expenses um, to you know the qualified expenses that would count towards the forgiveness. And even with the idle loan, you can only spend the money on certain things. So you're limited mm. to, like, I couldn't go out and buy uh, a new asset with that idle money. That's like not a Ferrari? Better. Like a Ferrari or a boat. <laughs> I couldn't buy a boat um, with the idle money. I would probably eventually get arrested for doing that. <laughs> that would so, be good. We don't want that to happen, Heather. I would never do that anyway. I'm like That's one good. of those, like the, I'm like that person that walks that straight line. Nice. So anyway, so they're, 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 what's nice about it is they're able to test it with these small loans um, and kind of get a taste for it before they start opening up operating accounts in Relay, mm. which I think is fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Be interesting to see how that goes. And, and also with blockchain, like I'm sure at some point that's going to sneak its little, I'm going to call it the, the blockchain hiney. It's a little blockchain <laughs> in there somewhere. Blockchain deal. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so cool. cool. In Zapier news, we have a little teeny update, a little mini update in Zapier. They redesigned the test, the tasks tab. Task so it's a little history. more. The task history. Um, you can actually really, you can see right on the dashboard now how many tasks you've used for each of your apps. So that's nice. Yeah, it's a nice quick view, right? See what's going mm -hmm. on with all your zaps. Um, they they still have the filtering features, which helps big time. So you're not looking at oh, every single zap that's fired. Yep. So yeah, that's nice. Yeah. And I had such oh my gosh! So I I called Brian this week. Right? <laughs> I I didn't call you. I slapped you, and I was like, yeah. Can I show you something? I was so excited about that. So I created a zap that actually aggregates the monthly fees from Stripe and makes one entry at the end of the month. It's pretty impressive. Maybe how to like, share that with everyone. I know. So yeah. A special video. I'll have to do a special video. It was pretty awesome. So I've been wondering every, that's probably one of my most asked questions is how do you aggregate amounts from transactions and then just post one entry at the end of the month or the end of the week or whatever. And so I figured out how to do that guys. Like I totally, and Brian knows how to do it too now. Woo. Showed him how to do it. So there we go. You want to aggregate stuff and post a monthly entry and call one of us and we'll do it for you. <laughs> All right. And our tech of the day, what are we going to talk about today? Bank rules. Bank rules in accounting software. Yeah. So QBO, Zero Sage, they all have it, right? Yeah. Something that you're never going to get away from. And obviously it helps you be more efficient as a bookkeeper. I would even say more effective as well. Right. Because uh, you can set up that rule for any type of transaction and make sure it gets entered correctly. Yeah, I love that. In fact, when we first get a new client in Back Office Ally, that's one of our client client, client onboarding app, you know, the client onboarding where we're getting them all set up, right? Once yep. we're actually doing the work is one of our things is we'll go through and we'll set up the bank rules that we can. So it really is a huge time saver. So what what is a bank rule? A rule for the bank. <laughs> Well, I think we have to walk it back a bit and yeah. talk about for yeah. those that don't know what we're, you know, have never used the bank feeds and don't understand any of that. I think we kind of have to walk it back for them. So one of the great automation disruptors in our industry and, and the way we do bookkeeping is the bank feeds, right? Which is where you hook in 
you hook in your um, your bank account, your credit card account into your accounting software, whether it's Zero or QuickBooks or Sage, whatever, right? You hook in your bank account and then it feeds the transactions in from the bank daily. And you can take that information and you can create a transaction from it. Mm-hmm. So what the bank rules do is the bank rules allow you to say, hey, every time bank that you bring in a transaction and you see specific characters in the bank text that's coming in from the bank, I want you to do something, right? I want you to create a deposit and I want you to post it to consulting income or you see Exxon mobile and I want you to create an expense that posts to, you know, that's posting to whatever the account is that's connected that posts to the automobile expense account. Yep. Right. So that's what the bank rules do. And it is, it, it actually, that is, that is the way that you can completely cut down and, and in some cases eliminate any data entry. In some clients, I've completely eliminated data entry. Like there's none. Small that's clients. impressive actually. That there's literally none. Everything just go in at the end of the month and do the bank rec. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, it's mostly like our real estate companies that have like a rental property. It's the oh, same yeah. stuff every single month. And so the money comes in, it's rent. We know it's rent. We're not tracking, you know, they have one or two tenants. There's no reason to track who it's coming from. Um, They do, we don't. Um, And their cash basis. And then all the expenses just come in. I mean, the only thing that we have, if it's Home Depot, it comes in. And, you know, if it's over a certain amount, we stick it in an account that we review later, right? Mm -hmm. If it's under a certain amount, it just goes to R&P or R&M, sorry. There you go. That's uh, that's a good tip there. So if you have any real estate clients... You can automate right. everything. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do that for a big client, but you know, <laughs> also, everything. yeah, and and you know, it, but it definitely saves a ton of time. So, what types of transactions are good for bank rolls? Definitely recurring ones. I think it's a, actually it is a. I feel like it's a little bit different in Canada actually because we actually have to track um, the, I guess HSE like like VAT we'll say That's sales right. tax and, That's and right. uh, purchase tax. So. It is slightly different, but you can still automate that, definitely. Um, so yeah, like recurring charges, any subscriptions that you have, there's pretty much either going to be no tax, at least in Canada, or the percentage based on your province. Um, so you could definitely automate those. So you could, if it was, if you have to split it, like what you could do an allocation of like, I don't know what it is, say say your HST was like 4%. You could Let's say- Let's go with 13, because that's more. All right, 13. <laughs> yeah, I would be. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it would be like you would do ninety. Well, in that case, it would be eighty-seven percent would go to the expense account, and then what? Thirteen percent would go to a- HST. Yep. Wow. Cool. That's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I want to talk about. We were talking about this um, about common bank feed, not just bank rule, but common bank feed errors, and like what are the common f ups with bank feeds that we see. And then we thought that what we should do, and I feel like we should have some kind of a tone for this, <laughs> but I didn't prepare for that. So maybe we can come up with like a, or is that a good one? I don't know. <laughs> no, maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, so we're going to say how annoying these F ups are with the banking um, on a scale of one to five. Let's do All it. Right. So we're going to go with the first one. You, you connect the bank feed and then you don't take the time, you don't set up the account first, and you don't record the initial beginning balance. Yeah, so what happens? The opening balance equity gets hit as soon as you connect that bank feed. Yep. 
And what I have found, I had a client that did this the other day. I had to delete that entry like three times before it fully deleted. I don't know why it kept repopulating, but for some reason it kept repopulating that every time I went into the client, I'm like, I know I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know crazy? I got rid of it. But yeah, it does that. So that's, that's pretty annoying. I mean, what do you think? What do we give that a score of? Probably three. Yeah, you only have to do it once in a while. It's not like you're adding an account every day. If you are, then hope you're charging. I, I still shake my fist at the screen when I see it, though. Like, ah. Oh, I know. Why I are know. you there? Or the client, you get the client text or call. Hopefully, you're not getting texts like me. But you get the client phone call or email. It goes, my bank account balance is wrong. It doesn't match the bank. And it's not because they have outstanding checks. Then you're like, you have to go in and you're like, oh, there's a beginning balance here, right? Yep. So the other one that, that we actually didn't have on our, on our list is when the account, when the, um, the client sets up the bank account feed without connecting to an existing account, like you already have an account Ooh, set up yeah. and then oh. they don't select the existing account and now you have a duplicate account and mm -hmm. that's, that's a painful. Pain. That's a five. Especially if they pull in as many transactions from the past as possible. Yes. Yes. Oh. That's a killer. Yeah, that's a five. That's a five. That actually may be a six. What about coding transfers to income or expense? Oh my gosh. Especially if they're different income. Like it's not so bad if it's like a clearing account that's the same, but when they're doing like uncategorized income, uncategorized expense, or, you know, what are, what are the sums, uh, one, what are some of the account names that you've seen for this? I've seen like deposit to, I've seen deposit to savings account. Oh, Have you seen that? No. Like, I'll deposit savings account or withdrawal mm. from checking. Account. I've actually seen that in my career. Like they created that account. They did because they didn't know where to put it. Like, so oh, <laughs> they're in there and, and, and they don't know to select the operating account or whatever, the other bank account to record the transfer. So like, what do I do? And they're going on the list. So they just add new mm. and then they put, deposit to the savings account. <laughs> yeah. That's fun times. Yeah. That's that. I feel like that's a situation where it's just like clients just do not go in the books. We'll, we'll we got this. Don't I agree. Worry. I agree. Or you set up a bankroll. Yeah. That, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, how annoying is that to you though? Totally a five. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta fix them, right? Could be more than you one transaction. Well, I think like it's a five because uh, with these clients, what I find is I'll go do a training session with them and I'll show them and then they'll do it again. And so that's why I think just from my experience, it's a five because it's happened not a ton. It doesn't happen all the time, but with particular clients, it happens all the time. <laughs> so that's where bankrolls kind of save the day because if you can set up the bankrolls to do the transfers and you can do that by just telling QuickBooks, and I'm not a zero person, so I'm going to speak to QuickBooks, but I, I hear they're very similar, is to look at the, you know, usually in the bank text, it will save the bank and then the account number. Mm -hmm. And so you can put a rule in that says, hey, if it has account number, you know, 4567 at the end, or it has digits 4567 at the end, then I want you to create a transfer to this particular account. And that yep. totally solves it. And what happens is, when it and and you can only put the rule in one of those accounts, right? Because if you put them in both accounts, now you're gonna have a you're gonna have a duplicate, right? So you yeah. do it in one account, and then in the other account, you would match. And I typically will do the rule in the operating account, and I match in like the savings account. 
That right. actually happens a lot in Canada because if we have a foreign currency transaction or like a for- foreign currency bank account, you're transferring between like right. to us. If you do it for whatever reason, I think it's if you do it in the Canadian first, you can't match it in the US. So you have to do it in the US first and then it matches in the Canadian. It's really strange, but um, that one's annoying for sure. Do you think they did it that way because Intuit's in a US company? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. No, no one likes the Canadians. So, you know, we, we just, we just, we, we just sit so here nice. and accept all the things we so don't nice. get. <laughs> you guys are polite. That's true. Um, the other one is not selecting a payee. So clients go in and they know what it is. And I think this is what it is. is like, they see the transactions come in. They don't like accounting, which is why they hire us. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, and so, and some clients, they don't even, we do all the, all the bank feed stuff, but some clients are like, you know, they want to do it themselves and they don't add a payee, right? So they see it and they're like, they code it to the correct expense account, but they, and then they click add and there's no payee. So if I try to search through, you know, run a report to see how much they spent with a particular vendor, I can't get that report because they haven't assigned the payee. So that, and that is, that's actually kind of time consuming to fix because like you have the reclass tool for accounts but you don't have a reclass tool for vendors. So you have to fix those individually, which takes a lot of time. And then the fix for that is being able to select copy bank text to memo, right? So you have that feature. If you go in the little gear icon at the top, you can tell QuickBooks to copy the bank text from you know, the text from the bank into the memo field. So at least if they don't select a vendor, you know who it was, and then you can go select a vendor for them. Mm-hmm. But it, the worst is when they don't have that turned on and they don't select a vendor, and then you're like, you have no idea if that transaction is right or not. You have to go back to the source statement and look at it. Or ask the client a question. Or ask the client a question. And then they're like, I entered that transaction. What are you talking about? Yes, you did enter it, but I still need to know who the vendor is. But these automations, this is like, those are situations where automations go bad right? Because they're not following the rules or not using the technology the way it was not designed to use. And that actually creates more work than if you had just done it manually. Yeah. Right. So I think that training the client or, or figuring out what their capabilities are, I think is key when you're, when you're doing this, because if you have a client that you strongly feel is going to F it up, (laughs) (laughs) then you need to just say, you know what, I'll do it for you. And then I'll send you a report where you can review it and update any classifications that we need. And I think that's really the way to go. I agree. All right. We just have a few minutes left. We have on our list that we wanted to tell people something you may not know if you're already using bank rules, something a little known fact is that you can export existing bank rules in one QuickBooks online company and import them into another one. So that's kind of cool. Is that fairly new? So no, that's been around for several years. Okay. Do you guys have okay. it in Canada too? I, I honestly don't know. I should maybe look into that and learn that if that is a thing for Canada. Because uh, cool. that, would, that would be helpful for sure. Yeah. And what's cool about it is when you import them in, there's like a staging area where you can select the different general ledger accounts before the rule becomes active. So if the chart of accounts isn't exactly aligned, mm-hmm. you can still import the bank rules. So that'd be, that'd be handy. Like, especially if you have similar, a similar chart of accounts for specific industries, right? Exactly. 
you can have you know that they're buying the same things and yeah set up those rules automatically or yeah. vendor or clients that are in the same um geographic area and they're always paying the same utility companies or you know definitely yeah. very cool so it's time for our automation challenge. So if you guys have been listening and learning about these bankrolls, if you have not created a bankroll yet, we challenge you to do that. You know, um, it could be something as simple as your monthly bank charge or your interest that's coming in from your credit card. Um, that would be an easy one to start with, but go in and create one. Um, you can play with bankrolls in the sample company if you wanted to, but try it. Um, I don't suggest that you go and create a whole, if you're brand new, I don't suggest that you go out and create a whole bunch of rules. I would start with one and then when it works, you know, then you're confident, you know how it works. I would make a whole bunch, (laughs) but what can happen is if you create the rules incorrectly, you can create a mess and then you got to go fix it. So luckily we have that beautiful undo button so you can fix it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, like create a rule, see how it looks on the bank feed. If it makes sense, keep it. If it doesn't, go delete it. Go delete it. It's okay to delete. We have an audit log. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. All right, Brian. I guess we're take we're us out of here. The day. Wah, wah. I know. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> what are we That's talking a- about next time? Do you know? <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking about, let's see here. We have, oh, automating team communication. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. So definitely tune in oh. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. but uh, thanks for listening to the Accounting Automation Podcast today. We're yeah. here to help you work less by automating more. Yeah, thanks. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please rate and comment on this podcast at Apple Podcasts. And you can continue the conversation with us by visiting our website.